0: All right, man, unless you've been living under a rock, I'm sure that you've heard of Netflix's Squid Game. Basically, like the premise of the show is, you know, 456 people get taken to a secluded island. You know, they're all in debt. They're trying to make some money and you got to make it through a series of games. A lot of people die along the way. And if you make it through to the end, you, you get a shitload of money. You know, in the show, it's, $45 billion in Korean won, which translates to $38 million USD. So my question to you, Joey, is would you do it? Would you put your life on the line in a life or death competition for $38 million?
1: Oh, absolutely. You kidding me? <laughs> That's easy. That's easy cash. Because yeah. the, the way I look at it is it's a win-win, right? Either I'm rich or I'm dead. So... <laughs> I would definitely join and I would definitely have a leg up on a majority of the people there just because I would like to think that I'm a little bit more intelligent than the majority of, you know, people in this world. Uh-huh. Um, So I think I would have a leg up there and then it's all it's all, a you know, a mind game. You know, it's. Who's the toughest? Who who has the strength to to persevere through these games and and through all these deaths and whatnot? So I definitely would join for that amount of money. I think I know your answer too, since I tweeted about it, and I think we're the first ones in there. But you know, if it came down to it, I might have to push you through the through the glass on the bridge.
0: That's crazy. That's absolutely <laughs> crazy, bro. No, I was gonna I was, say- I was gonna say which which one do you think like so if if it was the same games as in the show like do you think you would make it through or like which one would you die at because i think it'd probably be that one yeah i was gonna say the same thing i think i could make it through the first few like the marbles one that's easy that's analytics right that's just betting the optimal you know red light green light you know that's easy as soon as you figure it out but like the glass one i think is chalked i think i'd die in that one for sure
1: yeah the, the glass one is definitely over especially if you have to go first or you know you're at the beginning of the line obviously if you're at the end you have an advantage so i guess it would d- just depend on where your position is but yeah that, w- that would probably be the game that would end it for me but just another question i have for you just in regards to the show is are you watching it in korean with subtitles or are you watching it dubbed in english that's kind of a hot argument
0: yeah um i watched so i watched the first episode with my girl with the english dub i watched the second episode by myself with the korean like a little compare and contrast and then i watched the rest of the series with her and she was like staunchly in favor of just watching with the english dub so i just like i didn't really care enough to make my own decision i just you know she wanted yeah. to watch it in english so i just watched it in english but like i don't mind subtitle shows but i don't know it's whatever to me yeah
1: i mean Usually I'll just listen to it dubbed because I don't really care enough to listen to it in the uh, natural language, but I think that's the unpopular opinion, is listening to it dubbed. I think a lot of people think you're supposed to listen to it in Korean and then read the subtitles as as the show goes on, Uh, which, I don't know, I I think that's a little weird, but just had to get your opinion on it. Final question,
0: man. You and I, we entered the Squid Games who makes it further
1: i mean i i gotta go with myself so <laughs> it's chalk know, i'm for me. I'm, not, I'm not it's not even about you or anybody else it's just about i'm always gonna bet on myself before i bet on anybody else mm, i like that confidence
0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 172 of the DFS DOS podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion. And on today's show, we're going to be breaking down week seven in the NFL from a DraftKings perspective. Going to talk some slate specifics, what the Vegas Lions are telling us about this week. Going to talk some chalk, and of course, leverage, stacks, and long shots, everything that you need to know to have a good chance at banking a tournament this week. If you're new to the podcast and like what you hear, you can support us by subscribing on whatever podcast platform you use, whether that be Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Podcast Addict. You can also find us on YouTube at the DFS Dose, where we produce fantasy content all week, every week, and live stream on Saturdays. Finally, our Discord channel is open and available. The link to join for free is in the description to the podcast. Joey, we have finally arrived at Week Seven. It's the best ball bye week apocalypse. Six teams on bye the most of any week this season.
1: Yeah, it's it's another ugly week. We have three of the best teams in the NFL in the Cowboys, Bills, and Chargers on bye weeks this week. We only have a ten game main slate again for DraftKings, so that's going to be interesting. I think this is by far the ugliest slate of the year so gonna be interesting to hear your thoughts on these positions and you know how 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 can we win cash games on a week like this
0: yeah we'll, we'll definitely get into that shortly here so from a vegas perspective shout out to the nfl for balancing out the slate a little bit it's it's a you know 10 game slate like you said at least we've got four games in the afternoon six games early and in let instead of the seven three split that we saw last week for the game totals this week we have a season low two game with totals of 50 or above the top five implied team totals on the week. We've got the Rams at 33, Arizona, 32.25, KC, 31.5, Tampa, 30, and Green Bay at 29 and a quarter. What is standing out to you this week from a Vegas perspective?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously the lack of high totaled games, Is what stands out to me. There's going to be clear and obvious spots that the field will gravitate towards this week, as we saw last week. Obviously, you have the Rams as the highest, they're in a great spot against the Lions. The Chiefs are in a great spot. So, the teams this week are pretty obvious in terms of who we're going to be stacking for tournaments and who we're going to be choosing you Know for our cash game picks, and it just resembles last week to me. And I don't know, I, I think it's just a pretty ugly week in general.
0: Yeah, it's I'm interested by like just the form or not the format, but I'm interested in the way that things shake out from the Vegas slate. Like, like I said, only two games with totals above 50, which sets up for low scoring games, but on the other hand you know, we've got the Chiefs Titans game, which has a 57 and a half total. I think that's the highest game total we've seen. And four teams out of the 20 on the slate have implied team totals over 30, which is a high percentage. Three of those four teams are just massive favorites, right? We've got the Bucks minus 13 against Chicago Rams by 16 against Detroit and Arizona at 17 and a half versus Houston. So it's going to be really interesting in tournaments to like figure out how you want to target these games that are projected to be blowouts. But we know that a lot of points are going to be scored on the offensive side of the ball.
1: It should be um, a solid week, in my opinion, and I I think we're ready to get into uh, the cash game breakdown.
0: Yep. So starting off at the running back position, like you said, it kind of mirrors last week where I think the mid 6k range is going to be the spot that everybody targets. We've got Daryl Henderson at 6600 in a clear standout spot and then a little bit lower Chuba Hubbard at 6100 and DeAndre Swift at 6k are all interesting options.
1: Yeah, I think Daryl Henderson will be the chalkiest running back once again this week. He was one of the highest on players in week six as well, so back to back chalk weeks for D Hendo, sixty six hundred at home against one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Going up against the Lions that is giving up thirty two DraftKings points per game to opposing running backs. It's just a great spot for Daryl Henderson. I don't really think you need to overthink it in cash games. He's an easy plug and play, decent price tag, guaranteed volume. You can't go wrong with Henderson. Uh, Joe Mixon, I think, is in play at Baltimore, but going a little bit lower, you mentioned Hubbard. I think he could end up being a little bit chalky, 6,100 on the road against the Giants he's basically in that CMC role now he's dominating touches they released Rodney Smith a couple of weeks ago so it's just him and Royce Freeman back there but Freeman at this point isn't really a threat to Hubbard's role and it's a good spot for him going up against the Giants which is also one of the worst run defenses in the NFL giving up over 122 rushing yards per game which is second worst in the league and giving up over 27 DraftKings points per game to opposing running backs. So I think those three guys are probably where you're going to look to in the mid-range for cash games, but just in terms of the running back position in general, it's a two running back build week. Like, there, there's nothing. In this running back pool.
0: Yeah, it's pretty ugly. I mean, obviously, like in terms of high ownership, we have to discuss Derrick Henry at 9,200 coming off of another monster week. He's put up over 30 DraftKings points in half of the games he's played this season. He's just on pace for a monster season. Once again, at home against KC in the highest total game we've seen this season. So Henry is going to be popular, but I think more so for tournaments than cash games, just because I think people are going to prioritize paying up for wide receivers. We'll get too short.
1: Yeah, I definitely think Henry won't be like the highest owned player, but he's definitely going to have a bunch of ownership. It's a great spot for him going up against one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. He's at home. The touchdown upside is obviously crazy high with Henry and he's getting work in the receiving game too. You know, he's on pace to set his career high in targets and catches this season. And at 9,200, it's kind of hard to fade him in my opinion, especially going up against kansas city i mean they cannot stop a soul on the ground right now so i i I don't know i don't know yet still early the build is looking like you might not be able to fit him but we'll have to see as the week shakes out
0: yeah it's just it's just I mean we'll we'll get to it but I feel like the big question in cash games and like from a lineup construction standpoint is how to fit in the top three wide receivers or, or at least two of those guys because they're in such great spots as we'll touch on momentarily but at quarterback I don't really know how things are going to shake out this week because we have Lamar Jackson again we have Jalen Hurts and because of what they do as rushers it sets up really well on DraftKings for cash games and their floor ceiling combinations are extremely good, but the price range I think is hard to get to this week. You know, as I've said, it's about getting in the wide receivers this week. So, I mean, is there any value at quarterback that stands out to you? Is there anywhere that we can save salary at quarterback for cash games?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, there's cheap quarterback options every week. And the three that stand out to me are Tua, Daniel Jones, and Justin Fields. So, 55, 54, and 5300. Respectively, I think they're all gonna project very similarly. I think the ownership will be spread out this week in terms of quarterbacks. I don't really know if one of these guys is just gonna be the clear-cut chalk. Tua hasn't been great. Daniel Jones, you know, he's coming off of a concussion. The Giants are a train wreck. He doesn't have any of his weapons. Once again, Justin Fields obviously we haven't seen it yet, so it's gonna be hard to go there. So I don't really know which one of these guys is going to be. Be super chalky or if any but i mean if you if you got a safe salary you could do it at the quarterback position
0: Yeah. I mean, it's hard like looking at these guys, you can poke holes in all of them. Like Justin Fields, it was encouraging to see him get six rushing attempts for 43 yards last week. Like that's the kind of rushing floor we want to see out of him. He was coming off of three straight games where he was only rushing the ball three times per game prior to that. So, I mean, we like to see that from a DraftKings perspective and a fantasy perspective, but like I could totally see the Bears getting completely swallowed up on offense by Tampa Bay's pass rush this week. And then, you know, Daniel Jones, he's got two straight games with under 10 DraftKings points he's got a high ceiling as we've seen you know he's got a 29 and a 30 through six games already so like he's got a high ceiling he's at home against Carolina but Carolina wants to slow things down and run the ball more and they should be able to do so against the Giants defense so I don't know what the volume is going to look like for Daniel Jones plus he's complete garbage as a real life quarterback so it's like you know do I want to play him in my cash game lineup and then Tua you know he looked good in his first game back since week two he had 47 pass attempts and And, you know, it's actually been a pass happy Miami offense this year, even with Jacoby Brissett. So maybe that sustains and going up against a weak Atlanta secondary. I guess he's interesting. He might be my favorite of the group at 5,500, but it's just hard with two. I think he has a relatively low floor on a week-to-week basis.
1: Yeah, I agree with everything that you said. That's well, I don't really have a preferred option. It's just, honestly, whatever you can fit probably might have to be the way to go in cash games. And I don't think there's anybody lower that's in play. I mean, Taylor Heineke is 5,200. Maybe he has a little bit of ownership in the spot up against Green Bay, but that should be a slower-paced game. Green Bay always slows the pace down. So, man, I don't know. If I had to rank them, honestly, I think I would go 201-fear fields two, and, and Daniel Jones, three.
0: Yeah, that, that sounds about right to me. I mean, do you see yourself finding the salary to get up to the Hurts-Lamar Jackson range in cash?
1: I mean, preferably, yes. I Because, like you said, those guys' floor and ceiling combinations are just two of the highest on the slate. Jalen Hurts, all he does is score 20-plus points. So you could basically lock that in at 6,900. His role in terms of uh, rushing is great. Obviously, he's averaging what nine attempts per game so far to start the season. Has scored two rushing touchdowns in back-to-back games. Like, don't really have to talk about him. And then Lamar Jackson, obviously, great fantasy quarterback, seventy-four hundred. Same price as last week, where he was stone chalk, and it's a it's a good spot for him at home against Cincinnati. So, preferably, I would like to be in this range, but I don't know if he will be able to get there, especially with all of, all of the uh, the guys. the wide receiver pool that we want to play
0: yeah i mean i think that about covers the consideration for cash games although there are some other solid pivots in terms of tournaments at the quarterback position which we'll get to when we get to tournament talk but i mean the story of the week is the wide receiver position and the top is just absolutely loaded we've got the big three in great Spots Devontae Adams 8,900 against a terrible Washington secondary. We've got Tyreek Hill going against Tennessee secondary at 8,600, and then Cooper Cup, who you know sees 10 plus targets every single game without fail is 8400 and these guys are just absolute smash plays this week all three of them
1: yeah i mean they're great plays and they're all within 500 of each other so i don't really know you know which two i, w- I would favor in cash i mean Devonte adams is in the nut spot going up against washington you know washington has given up the most passing yards out of every team in the nfl they're terrible against wide receivers they're terrible against quarterbacks in terms of DraftKings points Loud. So it looks like Devonte Adams is a smash, and I guess he would be my number one. And, you know, it's Devonte Adams, 35% target share, like number one in the NFL. And then right behind him is Cooper Cup, who has a 34% target share. All he does is get 10 targets a game, you know? And he's breaking every slate that he touches. And then Tyreek Hill is in a fantastic spot, 8,600. Oh, God. I, I don't know, man. I guess if I had to rank them, I'd go Adams one, Cup two, Tyreek Hill three.
0: I I think that I don't know. Like I would probably rank it like Hill, Cup, Adams, Loki. But like I mean having Adams at three sounds sounds pretty sketched. So I don't, I don't know. They're all they're all amazing plays this week.
1: Yeah, Devontae Adams is definitely the best play by far out of these three, in my opinion. Just I mean, every...
0: De- d- Devontae Adams also has three games with under 10 targets though, and he's the most expensive. So he can be volatile and this could be a blowout game. Like the thing about Tyreek Hill is that the Chiefs are the only team with a top five implied team total that the spread is within five points. The rest of them are all 10 plus. And, and the spread. So like, I think it's going to be the closest game. I think there's the most back and forth potential. And I do think that Tyreek Hill has the highest upside of any player in the NFL from a fantasy perspective. So like, that's, that's why you would rank him one to me and Cooper cup is the most consistent, but yeah, like, I mean, we're really splitting hairs here, right?
1: Yeah, I guess. Obviously Devonte Adams has some low target games, but like I said, he's still number one in the NFL in terms of, You know target percentage, right? He's at thirty-five percent. So even if he gets a low target game, it's still majority on the team. Obviously, if they're up, they're just gonna kind of run the ball. And I guess that is a concern in this spot. I just think it it's a very good spot for Devonta Adams, and he has you know similar upside to Tyreek Hill. Maybe not as high, but still great. And then Cooper Cup obviously is great. Tyreek Hill is great. It's gonna be hard to. It's, it's going to be hard to pick, you know, which two, if you can even fit to in your cash game lineups. And if you had to choose one, you know, price included, who would it be?
0: In cash games, it's it's probably Cooper Cup. Like, I don't know. Cooper Cup is so good. And I, I love the spot for the Rams this week. But yeah, I mean, who it could easily be any of the three. When it comes to fitting them, though, we're going to have to find some value. At wide receiver, like we mentioned, there's not really any running back value, like obviously tight end and defense are going to be spots that we look to save salary, but we're going to have to find some sort of salary savings at the wide receiver position. And the, and the play that stands out the most to me is... Rashad Bateman. Uh, Bateman played his first game of the season as an NFL pro last week. Had six targets, which was more than Hollywood Brown on only 65% of snaps. That's pretty good usage considering it was his first game. 3,400. I think you're just getting a lot of talent and a lot of potential opportunity.
1: Yeah, I think Bateman is a pretty good pay down option. Had a 22% target share in his first game off of IR six targets, four catches. Obviously, this is a spot where the Ravens could get up and just look to run the clock down. It's a six and a half spread, so almost a touchdown difference but the Ravens have a 26.5 implied team total with 47.5, so should be a decent spot. And I think Joe Burrow can definitely put some pressure on the Ravens to to move the ball. So I definitely like Bateman as the paydown option at 3,400, and he's probably the only player that I would consider under 4K in terms of cash games. And then if we're looking a little bit higher, I guess you can go with like a Hardman or a Mooney or a Tyler Boyd, but I, I really only... Th- Believe that you need to pay down to one wide receiver spot, and that's probably Rashad Bateman.
0: I agree with that. I mean, we're going to be wanting to get to the to the high end and like in in the mid six k range. There's some really interesting options. I think Calvin Ridley this week is set up for a pretty big bounce back spot. He was out week five. It was the bye week for Atlanta in week six, but you know prior to that in weeks two through four. He had 10 targets, 11 targets, and 13 targets, only one touchdown on the year so far. He's yet to put up more than 19 DraftKings points, and I think that this is the first week that he breaks 20. 6,600 is just such a good price tag for a player with Calvin Ridley's floor and ceiling.
1: Yeah, I think Calvin Ridley is a stone lock in cash games. He's where I'm starting my lineups off with. It's just a great spot for him. It's a great price tag. And you're still getting, you know, an elite target share, 27%. You're still getting, you know, a good air yard share, 40 plus percent, with Calvin Ridley, 47% to be exact. He's getting targeted down the field. He hasn't hit this season, but I think this is probably the game where Calvin Ridley goes off for. 25-plus DraftKings points. So I think he's an easy lock and load for cash games. And there's there's a lot of value in this six range. I think Chris Godwin is looking pretty solid right now at 5,900 at home against Chicago. Obviously, Tampa Bay, one of the more pass-heavy teams this season. A lot of competition for targets and he hasn't really been targeted much he has three games with five targets which you hate to see but i think godwin's price tag is a little bit cheap and then obviously you have hollywood brown right there 5800 your boy he's in cash game consideration and then you got you know the aj brown at 6300 antonio brown 6300 wood 6400 this range is just absolutely loaded with talent and you know, target opportunity and, and, and ceiling in my opinion.
0: Yeah. So this has nothing to do with anything, but like you brought up AJ Brown, how do you feel about him? Uh, you know, almost dying from eating Chipotle. I know you're a big Chipotle guy.
1: <laughs> I mean, he just got, he just got a bad, uh, bad batch, I guess. Bad batch. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All
0: right. It, it's, it's not going to stop you.
1: Right. Absolutely not. Chipotle <laughs> is low key. I must say it. It's top two, and it's not two in terms of fast food. Wow, what's two? McDonald's. McDonald's is the classic, right? Like it, it's not going to wow you, but it's consistent. That's what you need in, in life. It's just consistency. You go there, especially if your McDonald's is good. You go there, you get the consistent McChicken, double cheeseburger, couple couple chicken nuggets, and, and you're on your way. Wow,
0: I, I would never have McDonald's over over like Wendy's, but. That, that's all right. Uh, the other wide receiver that I think will be used in some cash game builds, probably not the build that I'm going to run because I'm going to be prioritizing the high price wide receivers and Calvin Ridley. But I think if people are going to be rocking with Derrick Henry at all, they're going to probably have two value wide receivers. And T Higgins at 4,900 is going to project well once again. Adam Levitan noted on Twitter earlier this week that in the four games that the Bengals have had all of their wide receivers healthy that Higgins actually has the highest target share of the group although Jamar Chase has been more productive T Higgins with a 22 and a half percent target share is going to project well at 4,900 I think that he's viable this week as well
1: yep he's definitely a great salary saver I just I just can't play him again like I've played him the last couple of weeks and I've lost money on him and there's just a lot of competition for touches in Cincinnati and you know they're not really pushing the pace as we thought they would the target share is obviously very solid but if that's only five to six targets it's going to be hard for him to get there especially in tournaments and cash if he gets you like 10 points you're fine with that but Still, I I I think the ceiling is relatively low, especially with Jamar Chase, you know, being like the deep threat, touchdown scorer in that offense.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And tight end, I think the story, as it has been for multiple weeks in a row, is just going to be using the position to save salary. Ricky Seals Jones has come up a little bit this week; he's up to thirty seven hundred, but his usage is still amazing, and I think that he's one of the better options this week at thirty seven, a little bit lower. Cole Komet is in play I suppose and I don't know is there anybody else that stands out to
1: you at tight end no nah, I mean I'm, I'm just locking in Ricky Seals Jones unless I really need the salary then I guess I would be fine with Cole Komet but it is kind of thin at 3k for Komet it you know just solely a matchup base play going up against Tampa Bay should see more pass volume there but I'm just never fading a 99% snap share guy in Ricky Seals Jones as like the number two target or number three target uh, for Washington right now with all of their injuries like I'm I'm just never fading that at 3700 so I'm locking him in once again I don't think you really need to go higher the top of the tight end pool is good for GPPs but I mean, if you play Kelsey or, or Waller in cash, like
0: send the head to head.
1: <laughs> yeah, send, send the head to heads on DraftKings. If you do that, I don't. I don't think it's necessary, but. Some people definitely will, you know, 7,600 for Kelsey is still relatively cheap, especially in this matchup against Tennessee. For all of the reasons that you listed for Tyreek Hill, you can apply that to Travis Kelsey as well. So it's a good spot for him, but uh, I'm not paying up for Kelsey in in cash games.
0: No, neither am I. But transitioning to tournaments here, leverage stacks and long shots, I think Kelsey is actually a solid leverage play. I don't think that he's going to come in with as nearly as much ownership as he had last week. He did get the price bump. Only $600 though, like $7,607K, like the price difference there is pretty negligible. And, you know, the box scores for Kelsey, as we noted on the Monday review show, haven't been great. You know, he started off the season with three games of 20 plus and then hasn't hit 20 plus since. I mean, this is definitely a spot where Kelsey could be good leverage off Tyreek Hill if there is an ownership gap. And I I think there will be.
1: Yeah, I mean, there there definitely could be. I mean, Kelsey's going to project well every week and and he gets owned decently in tournaments every week. So I don't know if he's going to be like some crazy leverage play, but he's a great tournament play every single week. Obviously, he has the ability to separate from the tight end pool in a tremendous way. And if, you know, he hits his one percentile outcome, you're going to have to have him to win a GPP so he he's in consideration every week for GPPs you know he's a glorified wide receiver at this point right so Kelsey great play and just in, in terms of some other tight ends, I think Mark Andrews is a solid GPP tight end, 6K. He might have a little bit of ownership, but he's projecting pretty well right now, projecting better than you know Travis Kelsey just in terms of value because you get a $1,600 discount and it's a good spot for him. So I definitely like Mark Andrews this week and that's just the easiest way to get leverage and, and be contrarian in tournaments is to pay up at tight end. You know, a spot that most people are looking to punt. RSJ will probably be thirty percent owned again in like the millimaker maker, and at that ownership, it's just an easy fade, right? Chalk tight ends are just some of the easiest fades in GPPs because the range of outcomes with the tight end position in general is just so wide, right? So. You know, and GPPs fade fade those guys at the bottom of the player pool and pay up to a Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, and you could stack those guys up. You know, pretty easily as well this week's.
0: Yeah, for sure. I like Gasicki as well as as a GPP pivot at forty seven hundred. He's also a glorified wide receiver at the tight end position. In terms in terms of just general leverage, what are some spots that you're looking at this week?
1: Yeah, so. I, th- I think the way to get leverage on the field, obviously one of the easier spots is just to to fade the guys at the top of the wide receiver pool, but I'm not going to feel comfortable doing that, so I'd be willing to eat the chalk on those guys, but it's looking like right now that Rodgers isn't going to get owned, so you could pair him with Devontae Adams, capitalize on that. It's looking like Mahomes will come in with lower ownership as he normally does you compare him with Tyreek Hill and then Matt Stafford. You could pair with Cooper Cup, who is also projecting to be lower owned than you know the guys that he's priced in between, in my opinion, and in Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. So, I think that's one of the better ways to get leverage. Is if you're playing one of these expensive wide receivers, just make it a stack. Pair them with their low owned quarterback. Pair them with a low owned tight end or wide receiver in their offense. Make it a double stack, and and there and there you go. You got you got a nice uh, game stack on your hands and a lot of upside, too.
0: Yeah. Going going back to what you said about not fading the chalky high price wide receivers, usually wide receivers where you look to differentiate off the chalk and you feel more comfortable with running back chalk. I think that's the opposite this week. Like I'm going to be looking to find running back pivots, even even off of some of the stronger plays like Cordero Patterson is Ugly at 6,300, but he's leverage off of Calvin Ridley, uh, who's like priced in that same range. CPAT has, you know, six plus targets in the last four games that he's played. He's basically a wide receiver at 6,300 that has the upside of getting 14 attempts and nine targets as well. So, like, I I like him as a pivot. Mike Davis as well against Miami, who's a run funnel at 5,200. Like, he's not going to get played. Finding some ceiling out of these guys, I think, is possible. Michael Carter to me is a long shot that I like like at 4,800. So I I don't know. I think that there's some spots you can get different at running back for leverage this week.
1: Yeah, I I definitely think, you can get away from the chalk at running back, but, you know, we talked about it. The running back position is just ugly this week. Like, there, there's just not a lot of options. Like, it's just that, that simple. You know, 10-game slate, a couple of these running backs are hurt. Like, CMC is obviously on IR. Saquon is hurt. Gibson is hurt. So, I wouldn't really consider him. And the rest of these guys are just ugly, man. I like. I don't. I don't want to play Fournette at sixty four hundred, but I guess he's a solid pivot as well. Josh Jacobs at home sixty two hundred. Guess he's fine. I don't. I don't really want to play Josh Jacobs. I guess my favorite GPP running back would be Aaron Jones at seventy five hundred. Mm. I, I just think he's going to get overlooked. He's good leverage off of Devontae Adams. He has been seeding quite a bit of touches. To AJ Dillon, right? But he still has the upside to score three touchdowns in any given game. He still has. Good upside in the passing game on one of the best teams in the NFL, one of the highest total games on the slate. So Aaron Jones would be my GPP running back play this week, and you know it's just an obvious spot to play him with the lack of running backs that we have. Leverage off of Devonte Adams, and it's a good spot for him going up against Washington. So locking Aaron Jones as my favorite GPP running back play of the week.
0: I like that Jones is always a good play, especially in weeks with weaker running back pools and Devonte Adams projecting with high ownership in terms of stacks this week. Like I'm just going to say it, man. It is the Matthew Stafford revenge week. I am I'm all in on Stafford this week at 7,100. I know that he's not, you know, typically the type of player that we target, like we like guys who have some sort of rushing aspect to their game, which he doesn't, but Stafford right now has the fourth most pass attempts inside the 10-yard line, uh, 17 so far this season, 6 of his 16 touchdowns have come near the goal line, so they're not afraid to pass the ball, they're not afraid to pile up points, and even in blowouts, as we saw last week. And I think Stafford is going to make a point this week. I think he's going for 405, and it's it's Stafford Revenge Week. It's that simple. I'm playing a bunch of Stafford in tournaments this week. Give me the RAM stack all day, every day, and you can bring it back with, you know, your lion of choice, probably DeAndre Swift at 6K.
1: Yeah, I, def- I definitely like Stafford this week. It's a good spot for him going up against Detroit. I don't know how, but Detroit has actually been pretty solid against the pass. But obviously, I don't I don't really think that matters against the Rams, um, especially when they have a 33-point implied team total. It's kind of thin, in my opinion, for cash game, so I wouldn't consider them there, especially with Hurts, a little bit cheaper. But a Stafford stack is obviously in play every single week has one of the highest ceilings on the board and you know you're really buying into this revenge narrative
0: bro they did him dirty for a decade and now he's flourishing it's time
1: but how did they really like do him dirty though like they they were just trying to they were just trying to do their their jobs and you know put the best put the best possible team out right
0: i mean they didn't do a good job of it
1: they were trying their best
0: he had he had one good running back his his entire like span there and it, it was reggie bush And like calling him a good running back in the NFL is a bit of a stretch. So, yeah, I I don't know. Bad offensive line. He got hit so many times, injured so many times because of Detroit of of how Detroit built that team. I don't know, man. I think I I mean I think he likes Detroit still. Like I don't think there's too much ill will, but I think that he he's going to pile up some points in this spot. I I
1: think I think he's going to take it easy on him. You know? Oh, you think so? How about his former team? A little bit maybe maybe got to got to got to go got to go easy on them you know the rams should be up big in this spot uh you know i don't i don't see a, a need to to run up the score on on your former team Right.
0: It's it's a new GM and a new coach. So like I, I guess that he probably doesn't like if Patricia was there, like this dude hated Patricia. Like if Patricia was there, he would just drop they would drop sixty on them. Like I don't yeah. care. But yeah, probably just gonna be a normal game for the Rams here. But but even still, like we saw them pile up points in a blowout last week against the Giants. So I think yeah. we can see the same thing here. No, what are some other stacks sure. that you like this week?
1: Uh I mean, like I mentioned in the Vegas segment. It's gonna be hard not to just play the best teams this week especially with some of the games that we have like nobody's playing the jets in new england right Nobody's playing Carolina and the Giants. Nobody's playing Philly and Las Vegas. So I'm going to just keep my tournament exposure, my tournament stacks to the top end guys. I know it's expensive, so you got to find value. But Mahomes stack, obviously great every single week. Rodgers, like I said, paired with Devontae Adams, I think is in play this week. It's a good spot for them. Lamar, obviously Stafford, Jalen Hurts. And then Ryan Tannehill at 6,400, I think is in play Could stack him up with A.J brown that's pretty much it may maybe go with the Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, AJ Brown stack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about that but in in this spot I think they could all potentially get there. Other than that like I'm not playing Derrick Carr, Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones to uh stacks, Mac Jones like I, bro this, this is this is ugly. This is this is ugly in terms of stacks. So pretty simple answer, but I'm staying at the top of the player pool.
0: Yeah, like I like I said, I, I like the Stafford stack. I kind of am interested in Kyler Murray against Houston. Like I think that they could just absolutely demolish. Oh, this DeAndre game.
1: Hopkins revenge game. Didn't even notice that. Oof, we didn't yeah, even bring true. that up.
0: Damn. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's probably pretty good leverage because he's going to go under own compared to those other guys. And revenge game against the Texans. That's uh, that's interesting. Going to be a tough scene for us after we just put out a video on YouTube saying it's time to sell DeAndre Hopkins. And he drops 40 on the Texans this week. Can't wait to read those comments.
1: <laughs> yeah, the comment the comment section is, is going to be brutal. But 7,700 for DeAndre Hopkins this week at home in a revenge game. But, you know, Bill O'Brien isn't there. So it's kind of like the same thing with Stafford. He has no, like, bad blood with the current Texans head coach. If Bill O'Brien was there, I mean, you could lock in D-Hop for 250 and five. <laughs> um, but... 7,700 is still expensive and he's going to go under-owned. I I, I like that. I like that spot for DeAndre Hopkins and I I like, I like the spot, obviously, for Kyler Murray. They're they're gonna steamroll the Texans, and the spread in that game is like seventeen points.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And low key, I think that like the game with sneaky stack appeal is the Falcons and Miami game. Like, I mean, that game could be a total like tire fire game that's just ass. Like, and, and you know, scores like thirty points combined. Like, that's definitely in the range of outcomes. But there is some shootout potential with two bad defenses as well. I don't think that you know too many players are gonna get owned in that. Spot outside of Calvin Ridley, so that that's like a sleeper game, but I wouldn't it wouldn't be part of like my main GPP teams. Just sort of like a uh, a wide range of outcomes punt sort of situation.
1: Yeah, you could definitely uh, mini stack it. Jalen Waddell's fifty six hundred. Think he's in a good spot. One of Tua's favorite targets. Gasicki obviously in play as well. He's forty seven hundred and will be a contrarian option at tight end. Uh, so I definitely like this game for mini stacks. It's just In terms of like a primary stack, I just don't want to play Matt Ryan or Tua in my GPPs. I think their ceilings are just extremely low. And you know, if you do get like a twenty five point game, Tua had twenty five against Jacksonville last week. I I, I, that is fine for GPPs. So, you know, that's kind of what you would hope for is like that twenty five point game. I I would just rather I would just rather pay up and, and get up to, you know, a Hertz, Stafford. Lamar Jackson or, or somewhere somewhere in that range um, rather than play one of these stone scrubs. That, that's just how I look at it. I just think just in terms of stacking and, and quarterbacks in general, these guys at the lower end of the pool for quarterbacks just can't separate enough right their upside is so low and they're just never going to win you weeks they're never going to win you gpps just because you need the upside at every position and if let's say for example mahomes or or kyler murray this week go off for 35 plus which is definitely in in the range of outcomes and they score 23 to 25 like you're 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 gonna need mahomes even though he's 8400
0: uh i don't know i mean wouldn't you take 25 out of two at 55 over 35 from Mahomes at 84 like I don't know I think I think that's an interesting question
1: yeah no I mean obviously you'll take that but I think just to win you know those high dollar amount tournaments in in terms of first place that I, I would assume a majority of the people that listening that listen to us are probably just kind of like firing off into those lottery GPPs you need that 35 you know 38 point upside that Mahomes or Kyler Murray brings, even at the expensive price tag, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, we did see the Millie Maker last week. They won it with Joe Burrow, who was, what, 6,300 last week against the Lions and only scored 25. But the guys at the top end really didn't separate. So that's kind of like what you have to have – Happen is the guys at the top end not separate, and these guys at the bottom score, you know, twenty three, twenty five points. Which Joe Burrow had twenty three at sixty three hundred, which isn't great, but it was good enough when you know Mahomes put up twenty seven.
0: Right. Okay. Long shots, Joey. Who you taking a shot at this week at low ownership?
1: I think I'll go back to the well with Terry McLaurin, sixty nine hundred. Calvin Ridley, obviously, going to have massive ownership this week, and then people are just going to pay up to you know the cup adams range so terry mclaurin could get lost in the shuffle 6900 going up against green bay uh washington does push the pace a little bit and he is still the alpha in that offense you know logan thomas is still hurt curtis samuels hurt antonio gibson's hurt so this could be a game where terry mclaurin sees 10 11 targets and it's a good spot going up against the Packers defense that lost Jair Alexander and I don't in my opinion doesn't really have that much talent in the secondary you know without Jair there so definitely like Terry McLaurin as a longer shot wide receiver this week
0: yep that's that's definitely solid for me this week it's a bit Ugly and and not typically the type of play that you want to make on DraftKings, but we talked about the weakness of the running back pool in general. So I I like James Connor this week at fifty six hundred. He's the same price as Chase Edmonds, but in a game where you know the Cardinals are favored by you know over seventeen points, I think they could skew a little more run heavy in this spot. Connor's already had two two touchdown games this season. Like he's going to be inconsistent on a week to week basis, but he's going to have these games where he scores multiple times. They use him in scoring position. Cardinals expected to score a lot of points in a game that shouldn't be too competitive. And Houston's run defense is atrocious. So I like James Conner is like a guy who, I mean, he's not going to score you 30, but if he scores you 20 at like 5% owned or, or less and Chuba Hubbard scores, you know, the same at, at 6,100 and massive ownership, like you're getting, you know, a pretty good play there, I think at, at James Conner. And you could consider Chase Edmonds in that spot as well at the same price.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not playing James Conner. Uh, I think that was pretty obvious yeah. answer if you've listened to this podcast yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm not playing james conner i'd play chase edmonds just because of the the PPR upside uh but he is dealing you know with a shoulder injury had a 36% snap share last week but the cardinals kind of controlled that game so they just they let james conner uh, grind the defense down had 17 touches whatever put up 8 points uh, shout out to James Conner, Stone Scrub. Never playing him on DraftKings, especially at fifty six hundred. <laughs> he would have to be four K for me to even consider him. So wow, brutal. Yeah,
0: brutal, brutal takedown of James Conner, and it's a little, it's a little concerning that you always take every opportunity you can to bury this
1: man. But I mean, he's not good. It's just that simple. <laughs> <laughs> oh sheesh i i
0: I got i got one more long shot well i guess it's a two-piece but i like finding ways to get different in the stafford stacks like obviously cup is going to be chalk woods will have some ownership but you know if you're if you're looking to save salary like you could play van jefferson at 3500 you could play deshaun jackson at 3400 same price as rashad bateman and likely to be a lot less owned like those are just you know, strictly pieces for large field tournaments to make it like a Stafford double with low ownership. So I mean, those are thin plays for sure. But I mean, all it takes is one bomb. And we've seen Jackson and Van Jefferson have those moments so far this season. So I mean, we call it long shots for a reason, right?
1: Yeah, they're definitely large field tournament plays only Van Jefferson and and Deshaun Jackson. Then obviously, you can include Tyler Higbee in that 4500. I don't think anybody is going to play him this week. So you could definitely uh, get different with the Stafford stack for sure. Other than that, I don't I don't really think I have a, another long shot. This this is a pretty brutal week. If I had to say one, I'll, I'll put my claim on it, kind of talk down about him this past week, but I think it's Allen Robinson week, 5100.
0: Damn, A-Rob and DeAndre Hopkins, you're just doubling down on all the people we buried on the last episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I got I got to take back this week um Allen Robinson at Tampa Bay. I think the Bears are going to have to pass more. And, you know, somebody in our comment section brought it up, but Justin Fields missed a rob on like an easy 60-yard touchdown. And, you know, if he scores that, we're looking at it a little bit different or we're looking at him a little bit different, but 5,100 he hasn't had a great game this year. He has to have a good game sometime, right? Like, he's due. It's just that simple. He's due.
0: He, he is due. He's absolutely so,
1: due. So, DeAndre Hopkins, Terry McLaurin, and, and Allen Robinson are my tournament uh, plays of the week.
0: All right. I like it. Let's close out the show with some best bets, Joe. I'm going to keep it a thousand. Like, we need to just turn it the fuck up with, with these best bets this week. You know, we gave out four last week, uh, two each. We split one for one each, and this week I need all winners, okay? The people need all winners. So what do you got for your best bets of the week?
1: Yeah, so for this week, I'm going to take a spread for the first time this season just because I am super confident in it. I'm going to take the Patriots minus seven at home against the Jets. I think after a couple close losses against some good teams, the Patriots are going to come out in front of their home crowd, get their first Home dub against the Jets. I think they'll win by ten plus in this spot. So give me the Patriots minus seven, and then for my second bet, I will take the Eagles money line win outright. They're three point underdogs right now. Give me Eagles money line. That should count for more more points if we're if we're tallying it up for picking, you know, a dog. Mm. But mm. what what are the odds on that? The odds
0: on it. On Eagles money line,
1: Eagles money line odds
0: it's plus one thirty five, plus on one thirty, yeah.
1: plus one thirty five. Give me the Eagles to win straight up against the Raiders.
0: I, I do like that one. I don't know about the, I don't know about the Patriots one. Like By I kind of like, cap. I kind of like, I like Jets money line at plus two twenty. No
1: cap. <laughs> yo chill bro
0: <laughs> coming coming off a of buy, zach wilson patriots team collapse i don't, I don't know bro
1: Bruh, we're not collapsing the <laughs> patriots are not collapsing they've just played good teams and have lost close games
0: oh okay okay that's that's what it is all right i didn't realize that yeah um <laughs> <laughs> I got I got three bets for the people. I got one spread that I like. Broncos plus three for the Thursday night football game seems pretty good considering there is nobody of note playing for the Browns this week. Mayfield's out. They got Case Keenum starting. No Nick Chubb. No Kareem Hunt. I mean, just just getting any points on the Broncos side of the ball there seems pretty good to me. So I like Broncos plus three in that spot. And then the other two are some prize picks player props. I've talked about it all week. I'm all in on the Stafford revenge game. So give me over on Stafford's passing yards at 285 and a half. He's throwing for 405, like I said, so that that's easy. He's beating that by 100 yards. No question. And mm-hmm. then my final one is Camara. I like his rushing prop at 75 and a half. He's been getting more rushing work as a, you know, as a straight runner than he ever has in his career. And Seattle's giving up the fourth most rushing yards per game. They're a complete run funnel right now. I think the Saints can easily win this game with Geno Smith at quarterback. So like, yeah, Kamara should rush for over 100 yards in this spot. And I, I like that line at 75 and a half rushing yards.
1: Yeah, it's solid bets. And I think I think we should go uh, five and all this week you know, we got to speak it into existence. We're going to have an undefeated week this week, week seven. We're going to sail to the money with these player props and these bets. And we're going to sail to the money in DFS.
0: I like that, man. I I like that confidence. And that is going to be it for episode 172 of the DFS Dose podcast. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose, as well as our personal accounts. I'm at Ben Hover. Joey's at Joey Carrion DFS. For more week 7 NFL DFS content, you can check out our YouTube channel at the DFS Dose. We post multiple videos per week, and we will be live this Saturday evening to revisit the slate and give our updated thoughts and opinions as the week develops. To everybody listening out there, we appreciate you. We value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic. Bye.